0: Konnichiwa, Olympics fans and lovers of Shuklaistan, and welcome to Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarre, joined as always by my lovely co host, Allison Brown. Allison, Konnichiwa.
1: Konnichiwa, I've got my gelatined hair and my waterproof mascara, and I am ready to roll. You
0: are going to hop in the pool for some artistic swimming? Absolutely. Oh. Point
1: my toes and here I go.
0: <laughs> yes. So now that we're in week two, a lot of new sports are starting their competition. So it's really exciting time. Uh, we, I, I was surprised we only had 21 events on the program today and we have so much to talk about. <laughs> so let's get to it. Follow up file. Uh, this is so sad. So in the eventing competition in equestrian during the cross country portion swiss horse jet set suffered a blown leg ligament and had to be euthanized so our thoughts are with the rider and the the owner of jet set it's it, it was so sad to hear that
1: yeah and it wasn't a fall he came up lame after a jump so you knew he was hurt but it didn't seem quite as dramatic mm-hmm. but i guess horse people recognized it right away because the announcers were saying, oh, that's not good.
0: Mm. So, yeah, they did. uh, And, of course, he was checked extensively before they made the decision to euthanize him. But uh, that's really tough. That's a horrible decision to have to make. We have a couple of follow-ups from golf because (laughs) apparently people, you know, you you don't, uh, there's some stuff to say about the golf tournament. You do. (laughs) So um listener Brian pointed out that the silver and bronze medalists used their wives as caddies so that way they got family into Japan to well they had to be with them on the court on the the on the golf course but uh they did skirt that family no family allowed issue listener Nick pointed out that uh the commentator Oh, you didn't like the 3x3 commentator who liked to say the round thing goes in the round thing. Well, listener Nick noticed that the one of the golf commentators said after a golfer's ball landed in tall grass, like a homesick gerbil, it just disappears. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. 14 people have had their credentials revoked their Olympic credentials revoked for violating COVID rules.
1: Yeah, so we mentioned the two, but I wanted to make sure we pointed out that there are a few others who have not been following the rules as well. Any
0: interesting stories to go along with those 14?
1: Okay. Not that they've published, because supposedly for privacy reasons, they have not issued details. Okay. So unless reporters go after the stories like they did with the Georg- uh, Georgian and Jujuko.
0: Okay. The uh, Belarusian sprinter, Kristina Simonskaya, who was uh, told to pack your bags and go home when she was not happy about being added to a relay race. Uh, She did spend the night at the airport. The IOC is looking into the case. They've asked for, this is great. This is this is so IOC. Mark Adams, the spokesman, said, and this is reported in Inside the Games, they'd asked for, quote, a full written report. What, they want a book report from <laughs> oh, her? Exactly. And then the BBC reported that Poland has offered her a humanitarian visa. So she will not necessarily have to go home, but her family is still there and she worries for their safety as well. And she won't have
1: to keep sleeping in the airport.
0: Right. What a mess. Yeah, that's really tough. We we haven't talked about the Belarusian situation very much, but it, it sounds like it could be uh, tough times in that country because of their leader, who is a little bit of an autocrat. And a little bit might be nice to say. I
1: was going to say, a little bit of an autocrat? Is that like being a little bit pregnant?
0: <laughs> yep. In new news, we have our first major podium protest. So over in the athletic stadium... From the shot put victory ceremony, uh, Raven Saunders, who was the silver medalist for shot put, crossed her arms in an X over her head and stayed on the podium. This is and this happened after the national anthem had been played. So the athletes are on the podium, doing uh, just basically posing for all of the photographers who want to take pictures. So that's when she did her podium protest, and uh, she said she was asked what she was protesting and she said the X was the intersection of oppressed people, uh, African-Americans, LGBTQA. And um, she also talked about mental health being one of those items as well. Uh, the New York times mentioned that fencer race Imboden also had a symbol drawn on his hand during his team medal ceremony. And that symbol was not on his hand when he was competing apparently, but I have not seen any other mention of this. So I'm not sure. The best part, though, is what do we do with Raven Saunders? Because if this is considered a podium protest, then she's in trouble for violating Rule 50. Well, this is the IOC's rule that they don't like protests and they understand that it, over the last year, they understand that, that athletes are very involved with social change and she, they want to use their platform to bring attention to issues of social justice. The tricky bit is the time that the athletes are most visible is when they're competing and when, when they've won and they're on the podium. But the IOC doesn't want a protest to take away from the games and the sport. And so they did a big survey of the athletes over the last year. And the athletes also said, we don't really want protests on field of play. We don't, we really don't want protests on the podium. And the IOC did relax some of that this year, this games, because you have seen players taking a knee before game start in, in protest. But that kind of protest is okay. The podium is still pretty much off limits. This was great. The IOC, when they found out about this, they said, "Well, you, the National Olympic Committee, needs to manage any sanctions that happen to Raven Saunders, because that's a it's a National Olympic Committee thing." And pretty much at the same time, the USOPC was like, "Well, this is the IOC's rule, rule, rule. Your, your rule. So it's your problem. You got to figure out what sanctions." And the USOPC has said that as long as their athletes are not uh, protesting in Uh, actions of hatred or oppression against a person or group of people, they're fine with the protest. And they have already told, said that, yeah, we're fine with what Raven Saunders did. We're not going to do anything about it. So now the IOC has to kind of scramble and figure out that, oh, we actually have to do something, which goes back to our pre-Tokyo contributor roundtable When I was like, when I said the IOC is the Teflon pan, they do not want to deal with this. And they tried to pass the buck. The buck got slapped right back on their table.
1: I also heard that the IOC has been dialing up world athletics. Yes. To try and rope world athletics into taking care of this. And we have heard Sebastian Coe in the past not be a fan of podium protests. He is very anti-podium protests, but he's also very anti-punishing the athletes. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he's going to have much to say.
0: Mm -hmm. This is hilarious to me. This may be laughed so hard yesterday. Right, because
1: the IOC makes a rule, but makes everybody else enforce it.
0: Right, and they never said what sanctions would happen if you violate this rule. It's always like, well, you know, we'll, you know, there's going to be sanctions. But what are they? Well, there will be sanctions.
1: Right, and then you have the issue of, did Ray Simboden intend a protest with the symbol on his hand? Because he has done it in the past. He did protest at the Pan Am Games, mm-hmm. whereas Raven Saunders, clearly it was a protest. She said it was a protest. Here's what I'm protesting. Mm-hmm. But now are we going to get into the issue of we have a black woman and a white man possibly both violating the rules? And how is that handled?
0: Right. Is it is your time on the podium over when the national anthem is finished and you are done because they only stay on the podium at the request of photographers. And she didn't do a Tommy Smith and John Carlos that was during the medal ceremony. So, I mean, this is a little different, but she did make a statement. And according to the USOPC, that's fine with them. So now it's the IOC to figure out, okay, was this a protest that we don't want and violates our rule 50? What would we do about it?
1: I'm surprised it took us this long to get here. I know there were no swimmers who protested.
0: That's interesting. It's interesting, but also not really surprising. But at the
1: world championships, the swimmers were protesting left and right, but mostly because of doping issues. Right.
0: And that, that, swimmer was not at this competition so problem solved
1: teflon pan ioc and mark adams is just trying to be all cool and calm about it but you (laughs) know he's losing sleep his phone is blowing up (laughs) he's throwing things in his hotel room
0: (laughs) oh More to come on this.
1: All right. Where is Marnie McBean? So Marnie McBean has been at wrestling, soccer, and at the track, and she has promised to go to more skateboarding. Oh, okay. She's excited for more skateboarding.
0: All right. Uh, Segment that we didn't have yesterday, because I forgot to put it on the the sheet, is what officiating or volunteer job would we do? So I've got two. I
1: had one from yesterday and one from today. I want to be the towel person at swimming, there's somebody who stands there and as the swimmers come out, hands them towels. Oh, nice. When they get out of the pool? Yes, they can come over to the towel table like it's a resort. (laughs) That would actually be a really good job. Congratulations. Nice job. And then my second job was from watching hammer throw. I want to be the divot stomper. Oh, okay. So the guy pulls the hammer out of the ground and then stomps the ground back down
0: okay okay also a good job somebody has pointed out to me that there is a good one in baseball I have not seen it live myself because I have to I, I need to go find a baseball game and just fast forward to where a relief pitcher would come in because they're in some of the professional parks and when a relief pitcher comes in into the game they're coming in from their warm-up area which is in the outfield so it's a long ways for them to come and they have a little car that drives them and I want I might want to be the driver that drives a car. So thank you to the listener who pointed that out in the Facebook group. The, I, and I am also infatuated with track and field. I've, I would, But I can't decide what I want. So since you are doing the divot, I would like to do the measuring. On we could the, work together. No, we could work together. The other cool thing about the divot, well, maybe not the divot guy. There's the person who puts the hammer into the autonomous robot car who then the car goes back and delivers the hammer back. But it's cool how they put it in the car and they've got a whole little stand for the the chain to go into so it stays up nice, or the wire to go into so it stays upright and stays straight. I think that's a cool job.
1: You totally left out the most important thing about that relief pitcher cart. The pitcher sits in a seat shaped like a baseball glove. (laughs) He is cradled
0: (laughs) in the soft leather of the glove. It is awesome, and isn't the the floor of the car a baseball field? Yes, it looks like a turf. Okay, okay, all right. The fantasy league. How are we doing? Oh man, Sholastan is doing it. Just he's running away with this one. He's got six hundred thirty-two points. Jumping into second is India Delight with 227. Cole Libri's at 200 and I'm at 197. I know I didn't get my picks in, so I, I think I'm stuck with people who aren't competing right now. In our brackets, we are unchanged from yesterday, so Sholastan's at 110 and you and I are at 100. There might still be time to get in on all that action if you want to play a little bit of fantasy, especially brackets because now we're getting into the good part of all of these tournaments and you can pick You'd be able to pick like semifinals and finals, and uh, maybe you could jump ahead. Go to flamealifepod.com slash Tokyo for all of the details on how to enter. Okay, what's up with Mike and Maya? Mike and Maya of the Toyota uh, first date commercial. Mike asks Maya out uh, in the school hallway, but he is actually in the hospital, but he is there in the hallway because he is on a rolling digital screen. So we have a couple of theories here. We have one from listener Nick who says, if Toyota could play this out during Beijing 2022, we will see Mike and Maya hauling a kid around to a skating rink in a Toyota Sienna. And then the kid grows up and gets on some Toyota mobility device at the Olympics in the future.
1: Well, no, this wouldn't be at Beijing. This would have to be at like Brisbane 2032 because the kids in the commercial are only 13.
0: They could have a kid.
1: Well, if the kid is going to the skating rink, we gotta wait a few years. This could be a whole generational story of Mike and Maya from every games from now until, you know, 2040.
0: So if Mike and Maya, you you think they're thirteen?
1: I think they're thirteen.
0: So they'd be like in their mid twenties. So that's when you have the wedding and then
1: all the cans are tied to the to the Toyota. Hmm. Cause we could have them going off to college together. And say, 2024, 2026?
0: I don't think this relationship works, though. And maybe I'm a Heather along with Heather in the satin jacket, but I'm not sure. I think it'll, I mean, they're going to the school dance, but, and they've got soccer in common. But I'm not sure that, like, once they get to high school and they're mixed with other middle schoolers around, the pool is much bigger. Oh, I think this relationship has legs. Oh. And, and a robot.
1: <laughs> and not a broken leg. <laughs> I think this is a meat cute for the future.
0: Okay. All right. Well, on that, if you have a theory on what is up with Mike and Maya, please let us know. You can call or text us 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAME-IT. Or get at us on the Facebook group. Before we get to today's action, we'd like to tell you a little bit about our Kickstarter campaign, which if you've been listening to The Daily Show, as you know, it's like, okay, we got it. You're going to the Olympics and the Paralympics in Beijing. Surprise, you got media accreditations. Awesome. The more awesome thing is that we'll be able to make a better podcast experience for you and give you all the details on what's going on behind the scenes and what it's really like on the ground at the Olympics and Paralympics. The problem is that it's going to be expensive and this is not something we had budgeted for this year <laughs> and next year. So we need your help in getting there. Uh, we've put together a Kickstarter with some really cool rewards so that you can also take part in the fun. And today, we, to let you know, we today we got our hotel bill for Beijing and we got the second, I, I've already made a deposit on the Olympics hotel and we got bill number, invoice number two for Olympics. And we have invoice number one for Paralympics and they're both due on October 1st. And the Olympics one is almost $2,700. And this is not a luxury hotel. No, no, it's, we're definitely not living by IOC standards with five stars. It's like, do you have anything, uh, you know, three stars is a luxury hotel for us. So Can we have our own bathroom. Yeah, you're right. So that gives you an idea of the cost that's involved with this. And that's just the hotel. There's flights. We, we're we going to have to invest in some technology, especially with COVID. We're probably going to need a special microphone that we can use to maintain distance and still get decent sound. So we could really use your support with this. Check out our campaign at kickstarter.com slash profile slash flamealivepod for more details. And I will let you know. Your pet could be our mascot for one of the weeks of the games, and we are down to one mascot. So get in on that while it's available, because that's going fast. And we've got other great rewards as well. Thank you so much for your support with this. We're doing well. We're about at 25% of the way. So if we can get to 50% by the end of the Olympics, I'd calm a little nerves and a little anxiety in this person. (laughs) All
1: right. Big day in artistic gymnastics. Yeah, it was a fun day, too. It was actually the best day of competition we have seen. There were clean performances. There was enthusiasm. It felt like the Olympics, finally.
0: Nice. Nice. So did, I Did I only watched the women's floor exercise. And I, I watched it all. And I watched it on mute. So I will let you know that. So I, I did see some of it, but I have not watched the whole thing. What happened?
1: Okay, so whenever you get to the Apparatus Finals, you start seeing countries that you don't usually see in the team events or in the all-around. But that didn't necessarily make it on the podium Oh, this time around. But what was nice was in the men's rings, we had two Chinese gymnasts top the podium. And China has not had much of a say in this whole competition
0: no, and if you look historically at China and gymnastics in men's gymnastics in the Olympics, they have had some very strong gymnasts throughout time.
1: Yes. Yeah, so this was a surprise. So in the rings, you have Lu Yang and Yu Hao were gold and silver from China. And then the bronze went to Greece. Elpitheros, Petronius. Then you moved on to the floor exercise, and this was so much fun. You got all the ridiculous music. That you expect from women's floor exercise, lots of clean routines. And when Rebecca Andraje stepped out of bounds, she was out of the medal race. Oh, that's, that's what, nice. That's what you see, right? So, in a comeback performance, Jade Carey won the gold. She had a disastrous vault mm-hmm. performance yesterday, so that was nice. Vanessa Ferrari of Italy got the silver, and there was a tie for bronze. With Murakami Mai from Japan and Angelina Melnikova from ROC. Very nice. The one thing they did not explain is there are two tiebreakers.
0: Because they had to do that in the men's competition at some point, correct? Yes.
1: It was for Pommel Horse, I think, where they had to break a tie to go to the second tiebreaker. So I don't know if they tied all the way down or if... In Apparatus Finals, when it's the bronze, they just let it go. That I'll have to look into okay. again. But there were great performances. That's worth going back and watching. And then Men's Vault was the way Men's Vault should be. It was insane. Gymnasts flying all over the place, crazy tricks. But this was a fun final. So Shin Jae-won of Korea won the gold. Dennis ablazin of ROZ. And here's the best one for Arshak Flastani. Ori Gabeshian. Armenia won its first gymnastics medal. Arter Tavitian uh, won the bronze.
0: That's exciting.
1: I, you know, Ori is just jumping up and down on this one.
0: <laughs> That's exciting. So, I want to share a fun fact I learned while listening to a gymnastics podcast. I did not know this, but the men are required to click their heels like all the time. So if you go back and watch the floor exercise, after every pass, they click their heels. And at the end of every routine, when they dismount, say off the pommel horse or dismount off of parallel bars, they have to click their heels and they also have to salute. And if they don't, that's a deduction. And it's only on the men's side. I knew they had to do the heel thing for the salute, but I didn't
1: realize it was during the program as yeah. well.
0: Go back and watch floor exercise because then I know I did notice it yesterday and I forgot to mention it. I'm like, huh, they do click their heels after every pass. And yet they over. don't go home. <laughs> right. And then you go, why is this a thing? This is just kind of a ridiculous rule. So uh, one more day on artistic gymnastics.
1: Yes. And Simone Biles has said she is competing on the beam.
0: This will be interesting. And I wonder if her twisties are just for twists and her she doesn't have flippies.
1: Well, there's less flipping on the beam.
0: Mm-hmm. We talked but. about
1: this yesterday. So we'll see what her program looks like if she downgrades it.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting. So uh, it should be an exciting beam competition. And then the men will be on.
1: We've got parallel and high bar. High bar is the best apparatus final. It is wild.
0: It is. I'm so excited to watch that. All right, moving over to artistic swimming. Czechistani Jackie Simino is competing now, and she is in the duet. They did their free routine, the prelims today. She and her partner Claudia Holzner are in fifth place, and they have the technical the duet technical routine tomorrow. They looked so good. They looked the, beautiful. The, like you said before we started recording, the announcer just loved them.
1: So this is sort of like I say in the '90s, where we, they do a lot of interpretive routines. So we had evil dolls, we had a Maligwania, we had robots, we had samurai, we had exploding stars. We had sharks that actually had fins on the top of their heads.
0: Oh my goodness! Oh, wait, which team was that? Because that was them. the Greeks. Okay.
1: <laughs> we had a Robin Hood routine. Who was pretending to do the archery move
0: in the water? Yes. Yeah, you know that's and that's where artistic swimming people go. This is wacky. <laughs> Athletics. Uh, we have some follow up from book club Claire because. And Claire, I'm just apologizing to you now, because I feel like we're going to let you down on all the athletics coverage. (laughs) I had this on. I had yesterday. I had I was trying to catch up. And so I was cooking dinner and catching up. And then primetime started and time. I thought, I'll just go to primetime coverage and they'll do the catch up for me. And no, they went straight to beach volleyball. So then I had to go back to the feed and the feed is so long. And it's it's long. It's beautiful when you're watching it live it's really hard when you're trying to play catch up on anything. So I'm playing catch up and also trying to watch like hammer throw qualifying and it's the end cooking dinner and it's not working. But um, Claire was telling us that. Pol- from the mixed relay, which Poland won Poland is well known for their prowess in the middle distance, especially the women. So they're incredible and they're incredibly good at relays. So, She's not. She wasn't surprised that they won the mixed relay medal uh, four, four by four hundred. She was more surprised that D- the Dominican Republic placed well. So that was interesting. Then the I had mentioned the introduction for the women's one hundred meters and the the big light show, which they also had for the men's. She said that was something that was very similar to what happened at the last athletics world championships in Doha and it's called projection mapping, So things look like they pop out of, the, out of the ground when they're actually not. And they only do the big introduction for the final event of the night when everything else is done, so they don't mess everybody else's game up. So the field events get ignored because the final event's always a running event. So thank you very much, Claire, for that explanation. Let's see, we had a whole lot of action going on. One thing I wanna bring up before we get to finals in. In early uh, in the first round of the women's 200 meters, I was watching it and there was a runner who wore uh, like leggings and uh, like capri leggings and a regular T-shirt or what looked like it could have been a, a sport shirt. But uh, it was definitely not a form hugging tank top or half tank top and uh, running bikini shorts that many other athletes wear. And, I, and she finished way behind everyone else. And I was like, who is that person? And that was, uh, she did finish last in her heat. Her name is Najma Parveen. She's from Pakistan. She is Pakistan's top female sprinter. And she's the first female athlete from that country to represent Pakistan in two Olympics. So this is her second Olympics. And I thought that was really interesting. She also, <laughs> according to... Geo News she apparently almost did not make it to Tokyo because the Athletics Federation of Pakistan wanted to withdraw her entry without consent, but the Pakistan Olympic Federation managed to re-enter her into the Olympics so little tiff going on between the internet the National Federation and the National Olympic Committee over Najma, so I kind of wonder what her what it's like for her. Running in these competitions, she's she's pretty good, but I think the heat may have got the humidity may have gotten to her more because she has better times than what she finished with. And it sounds like
1: leading up to the games, there was a lot of stress.
0: Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Uh, Men's long jump happened. Gold went to Miltiadis Tentaglo from Greece, who who did really well. And this was exciting to watch. And uh, silver went to Juan Miguel Echivaria from Cuba. And bronze went to Michael Maso from Cuba. So silver and bronze for Cuba. It was was an exciting competition. Um, They also had a whole bunch of rain in Tokyo uh, over in the evening. So I know that pole vault got pushed back. I don't know if it's uh, got totally postponed. So that was women's pole vault qualifying. I know that discus got delayed for a while, but they went back to it and finished it. It might've been in the rain because I saw a little hubbub on Twitter about uh, why are they still holding the discus competition when everything is wet. In that discus competition, USA's Valerie Allman won the gold. Germany's uh, Kristen Pudence won silver and Yame Perez from Cuba won bronze. Big that, night for Cuba. It is a good night for Cuba. And they had a great night in wrestling too. And women's 100 meter hurdles. Uh, Jasmine Camacho Quinn for uh, won gold for Puerto Rico. This is uh, Puerto Rico's second gold medal overall and their first in, in their Olympic history and their first gold in athletics,
1: which was a surprise to me. Mm hmm. I would think Puerto Rico would have been more successful.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but I, I am surprised that there there aren't more runners from there. Silver went to USA's Kendra Harrison, who was thrilled to get the silver. You know, that was one of those like, oh, so excited to get the silver. I'm just she because she didn't make Rio, and she was uh, kind of expected to make the Rio team. And then Jamaica's Megan Tapper won the bronze. In the men's 3,000 meter steeplechase, Morocco's uh, Soufani El Bakalai won gold, Ethiopia's uh, Lamecha Girma won silver, and Kenya's Benjamin Keegan won bronze. And in the women's 5,000 meter, uh, Sifan Hassan from Netherlands won gold, Helen Obiri from Kenya won silver, and Ethiopia's uh, Gudaf Tsike won bronze. In badminton, women's doubles action uh, ended. The gold went to Indonesia's team of uh, Greja Poli and Apriani Rahu, who beat China's Chen Chen and Jia Yifan 2-0. Uh, to zero. But honest to Pete, that two sets to zero sounds like a blowout, but their gains were really close. Rallies were long. They had a rally that went almost a minute. It sounds incredible. I do want to go back and have that on. Huge upset. Yes. Oh, yes.
1: And the best part, if you watch nothing else, watch the Indonesians dance after they win.
0: Oh, okay. I'm there for this. And then for the bronze medal, Korea's Lee Sohee and Shin seung John defeated Korea's Kim So-young and Kong Hee young two, also 2-0. Uh, The men's singles tournament is also over and Victor Oxelson from Denmark took the gold with a decisive 2-0 victory. He beat China's Chen Long and bronze went to Indonesia's Anthony Sinisuka Jingting who beat Guatemala's Kevin Corden 2-0. I know, I want to see that too because I do not think of Guatemala and badminton together. Or Denmark. Uh, You know, there has been... I, I sometimes read what's going on in the badminton world and I know there's there are a few Europeans who are near the top. So I don't know if this was an upset or a, a an out and out we expected this to happen but this it's surprising on paper but I don't think it's as much of a surprise. But maybe that'll be on the follow-up tomorrow because I'm going to be watching some badminton this afternoon. Baseball. We are in the knockout stage. So Korea defeated Israel 11-1, to and Japan defeated the U.S. 7-6. Did you see any of this? No. No, neither did I. You know, that's 7-6. It's the two baseball powerhouse countries. So that must have been a thrilling game to watch. Uh, the gold medal match will be Korea versus Japan, and bronze will be U.S. versus Israel. Well, I was going to say,
1: these two matches will be very interesting to watch back-to-back, because... As we know, many of the Israeli players are Americans. So you've got Korea and Japan, which will have a similar playing style, and then the U.S. and Israel, which will have a similar playing style, but are very different from each other. So the gold medal match, I think, will look very, very different from the bronze medal match. Hmm. So if you're a baseball fan of the technical differences, I think this will be a fun back to back to watch.
0: Nice. In basketball, the women finished up their group action and uh, ended with Spain, U.S., and China all undefeated. The quarterfinals will be Australia versus USA, China versus Serbia, Japan versus Belgium, and Spain versus France. For the men, their quarterfinals start tomorrow. So it's uh, Slovenia versus Germany, Spain versus USA, Italy versus France, and Australia versus Argentina. In beach volleyball, we are in knockout stages and moving on to the quarterfinal for the women. It's uh, Canada's Pavan and Humana Paradis versus Clancy Aracho del Solar from Australia. And then Latvia's Krajkovna and Gradina versus uh, Canada's Bensley and Wilkerson. Then Brazil's Ana Patricia and Rebecca will face Switzerland's Heydrich and Verge Dupree. And finally... Uh, Kotzuk and Ludwig from Germany will face off against Ross and Kleiman from the US in the men's quarterfinal it will be ROC's Semenov and Leshukov versus Mol and Sorum from Norway uh, Latvia's Plavenis and uh, Tocis from Latvia will face off against Brazil's Alisson and Alvaro uh, Qatar's Sharif and Ahmed will face off against Italy's Nikolai and Lupo and Germany's Tola and Wickler will face off against ROC's Krasilnikov and Stojnovas Novisky.
1: And if I have to point it out, the Allison playing for Brazil is not me. <laughs> Though we do spell it the same way.
0: <laughs> A canoe Sprint started up and they were in heats and quarterfinals. And I'm only mentioning, uh, our, our, we did have this on in the background and watched a little bit, and you're just watching kind of random races, so I'm not sure what I saw, but we did see some women's action, I think in kayak singles. These women are so jacked. Oh, their upper bodies are just enormous. We wondered what their, you know, how their lower bodies looked compared to the upper bodies, but they just look like they could crush you with their hands, and or if not, they give the best hugs, because they're probably nice <laughs> So, there will be more of that action this week. Track cycling started up. I watched this. i I watched them too, and and I had it on because you know why? And I'm just going to be glued to track cycling because they have a venue where they're allowed to have fans because and this is a great story because they're allowed to have fifty percent capacity. The velodrome is out in Izu. it's it's far out from uh, Tokyo. And when the organizing committee was planning the venues, they were supposed to build a new velodrome. And then the budget started blowing up and they said, you know what, we're going to use this one out in Izu. And the Cycling International Federation was not thrilled about it because the athletes wouldn't be able to stay in the Olympic Village and have that athlete experience. However, now who's laughing because they are pretty much the only sport that gets to have fans in the stadium? and i think their
1: little mini village is probably way more normal than the main athletic village
0: probably so and it and i think the the downside is that they just see all cyclists that they see all year round anyway so they don't get the interaction with other sports which is kind of a bummer but they do get competition with spectators and you notice it so today we had the women's team sprint event And gold went to China, silver went to Germany, and bronze went to ROC. What do you think?
1: I found this so calming to watch. You know, when you talked about rowing, you said Mm -hmm. there was something zen about watching the rowing. I found this zen with the one rider peeling off and coming around and just this smooth cycling around the velodrome. Of course, if somebody has an accident, it will ruin my zen. (laughs) But there was no accidents today, so it was just... Beautiful, beautiful cycling.
0: Nice, and uh, men also their team pursuit had some qualifying action as well. Um, they're they're gonna. I, I like the races that are coming up because there's different different formats of races and they're they're very interesting. So I would suggest tuning into tracks to track cycling. Um, over in equestrian, the eventing competition ended. Uh, the team competition. Gold went to Great Britain. Silver went to Australia. Bronze went to France. Our Shukla Stunny Philip Dutton, and Team USA finished sixth. And then in the individual competition, Germany's uh, Julia Krajewski won the gold. Great Britain's Tom McEwen won silver. And Australia's Andrew Hoy won bronze. Now, Andrew Hoy is now the oldest Olympic medalist for Australia. He is age... 62. This is his eighth Olympics. And we talked about him when we talked about the uh, Australian eventing team in 1996, and we were amazed then. I mean, he just continues to amaze us. Um, in the individual competition, our Ashuklastani Philip Dutton finished 21st. He had a lot of penalties on both rounds in the jumping. So I think it just was not a great day for him and Z.
1: Andrew Hoy and Philip Dutton used to be teammates because Philip used to compete for Australia, now competes for the U.S. And Philip is in his seventh Olympics. So I wonder if they're never going to retire as long as the other doesn't.
0: Could be. I mean, but when we talked with Philip, he said, well, I still got to make the team every time. And he does not have any expectations, but I wouldn't be surprised if both of them kept trying.
1: It's like a weekend at Bernie's where they just prop <laughs> them up on the horse. I mean, obviously, equestrian requires more than that. But because Andrew Hoy has got that one more Olympics than Philip, they're just constantly <laughs> going to be competing to so that Andrew stays one ahead.
0: Right, right. By 2032, it'll be like Andrew. Here's my cane. Put me on the horse, and then and then he just flies. That's the most beautiful test. Amazing. Whoa. Big action and and surprising results in the women's semifinals football tournament. Canada defeated the U.S. one to nothing.
1: It was Marnie and her drum.
0: Oh. They were there. Oh. Did you watch any of this? No. Okay. I also did not. I just saw a little bit of reaction. Um. Which was very surprising because the U.S. was highly expected to be in the finals, if not get the gold. And they just did not have a very good tournament, I will say. So far, we'll see what happens. They will be playing Australia for bronze. Australia lost to Sweden 1-0. So Canada-Sweden for the gold medal will be interesting to see. I bet Marnie will be there. With the drum. Nice. In handball, we are done with group play. On the women's side, Norway ended pool play as the only undefeated team. And they had a huge goal differential compared to the other teams. So they're looking like the favorite going into the knockout stage. First round of uh, the quarterfinals will be Norway versus Hungary, Montenegro versus ROC, France versus Netherlands, and Sweden versus Korea. On the men's side... Five teams ended up with the the top record of four and one. And the goal differential among them is really, really tight. So the knockout stage looks like it's going to be really tough competition. You'll want to start watching handball now if you haven't started already. Because I know some of you have. And the games have been really good when when you have watched them. So men start their quarterfinal action tomorrow. It will be France versus Bahrain, Germany versus Egypt, Sweden versus Spain, and Denmark versus Norway. In hockey, the women had their quarterfinal matchups. Argentina defeated Germany 3-0. India defeated Australia 1-0. Netherlands defeated New Zealand 3-0. And Great Britain uh, defeated Spain. They were tied 2-2 at the end of regulation. But Great Britain beat Spain 2-0 in a shootout. I tuned into the shootout because I was happened to be looking at the BBC website and they were like, there's a shootout happening now. And I quick flipped it over. That was exciting because you get, instead of like the shootouts in soccer where you kick the ball and either the block the goalie blocks it or the ball goes into the net or or over the net, in hockey, you have eight seconds. So you can hit the ball. If the goalie blocks it and it comes back in play, you can try to hit it back in and get get off the rebound yes as long as it's within that eight seconds you could you could shoot twice or more times i guess if if you're really fast and don't make the goal so that was really cool somewhere in a follow-up file in hockey some somebody told me and i'm really sorry i can't remember your name listener uh the hockey pitches are apparently soaked on purpose, because I, I mentioned that when you see them, especially slow motion, you see water flying up whenever the the players make a try to make a big hit with their sticks. And that is to make the ball not so jumpy because they're on turf. So if the ball, the ball's hard and it hurts pretty bad, I guess, when you get hit with it. And if the, the turf is wet, the ball doesn't uh, have that much action. On the shooting range, it was the men's 25-meter rapid-fire pistol event. France's uh, jean Ki Compa won gold. Cuba's Loris Pupo won silver, and Li Hu Hong from China won bronze. So again, Cuba, good day. On the 50-meter rifle, three positions for the men's. Uh, it was China's Zhang Chonghong, who won the gold with a world record and an Olympic record. Uh, Silver went to ROC's Sergei Kamensky and bronze went to Serbia's Milenko Sevic. In table tennis, we are in the quarterfinal stage for the men's and women's team event. So in the men's side, Korea defeated Brazil 3-0, and China defeated France 3-0. On the women's side, uh, Hong Kong defeated Romania 3-1. Japan defeated Taipei 3-0. Tomorrow, we're wrapping up the quarterfinals. Men will be Japan versus Sweden and Taipei versus Germany. On the women's side, it will be Korea versus Germany and China versus Singapore. And then there's also going to be a women's semifinal between Hong Kong and Japan. Super excited to see that. The volleyball tournament finished up its pool play, uh, on the women's side, four teams ended up with a four and one record. So again, really close matchups going to the knockout rounds. The quarterfinals will be Poland versus France, Italy versus Argentina, Japan versus Brazil, and Canada versus ROC. Really, the U.S. didn't make it out in either one, in either the men's or the women's. Really, what
1: happened? It's the first time in. I don't know how many years the men's haven't made it, but yeah, it was just one of those tournaments where they did not do well.
0: And on the men's side, uh, the leaders of the tournament after the pools are Poland and ROC. Their, qu- their quarterfinals start tomorrow. It'll be Canada versus ROC, Japan versus Brazil, Italy versus Argentina, and Poland versus France. In water polo, uh, we also are finishing up pool play here. So on the men's side, Spain and Greece topped the pool rankings and the men's quarterfinals will be uh, USA versus Spain, Greece versus Montenegro, Italy versus Serbia and Hungary versus Croatia. On the women's side, USA and Spain ended up on the top of the pool rankings and their quarterfinals start tomorrow. Canada versus USA, Spain versus China, Netherlands versus Hungary and Australia versus ROC.
1: I love the men's uh, countries that are involved because when we spoke to Tony Acevedo, now mm-hmm. it's a couple years ago, it was basically those are the countries where water polo is king.
0: Mm-hmm. And he played professionally in one of them for many years. He played professionally in more than one of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In weightlifting, we had uh, competitions from the women's 87 kilos and the women's over 87-kilo competitions. In the women's 87 kilos, gold went to China's Wang Xiaoyu. Silver went to Ecuador's uh, Tamara Yahara Salazar Arce. And bronze went to the Dominican Republic's Chris Mary Dominga Santana Piguero. In the over 87 kilograms, gold went to China's Li Wenwen, who had a just, I saw a good chunk of this one. She lifted 18 kilos more than second place in the snatch and 19 kilos more than second place in the clean and jerk. It was beyond what you'd think.
1: Beyond a natural human possibility?
0: I don't know. Uh, and I'm going to hopefully and not speculate, but that really like sent up a lot of red flags to me, but Maybe she's just that strong, naturally, and I don't know. But uh, Silver went to Emily Jade Campbell from Great Britain who had a fierce hair game going on. She had her hair in uh, two buns and then one side of her head was red and the other side was blue for the British flag. It looked really good and she was really happy up there. And then Bronze went to the U.S.'s Sarah Robles. Uh, This is the... Uh, category where the trans, where transgender lifter Laura, Laurel Hubbard from New Zealand was competing in. So I saw inside the games that this event was just jammed with requests for media to go to because they wanted to see it. And she ended up failing in all three of her lifts in the snatch portion. So she was a, did not finish. And of course, because she couldn't didn't complete a lift in the snatch, she couldn't move on to the clean and jerk, and she did I, She did have one lift that looked like it was going to be okay, and two out of the three judges ruled it a no lift. In wrestling, we had a lot, oh my gosh, we watched a lot of wrestling yesterday, and it was uh, really exciting, really, really good. In the men's uh, Greco-Roman 60 kilos. We had gold went to Cuba's uh, Luis Alberto Orta Sanchez, silver went to Japan's Fumita Kenichiro, and bronzes went to China's Walihan Asalike and ROC's Sergei Emelin in in the men's Greco Roman 130 kilo finals. Which honestly, you should you should go back and watch this because uh, Mian. Lopez Nunez from Cuba won. This is a four-peat. He has won gold in the last four Olympics. This is his fifth Olympics overall. He's just an amazing, amazing wrestler. And he beat uh, Jacoby Kajaya from Georgia. uh, And then the bronzes went to Turkey's Riza Kayop and uh, ROC's Sergei Semenov. On the women's side, it was the uh, seventy-six kilos in the freestyle event, and oh, this was so sad.
1: I watched. This is the only one that I watched.
0: It was it was Adeline Gray from U.S. was so strong in all of her matches leading up to the finals, and she looked so confident coming out into the finals, and then. Just she was up against Aileen uh, Rotterfachen from Germany. And for some reason, it just she didn't have it. She'd go for attacks and then Aileen would just use that against her and score a point.
1: And right at one point, it was up 7-0. Yeah, it
0: was it was really rough. And if Aileen had gotten one more point, that would have been it. Uh, But just wasn't the match we'd hoped it would be because Adeline was really gunning she had not uh, gotten out of the quarterfinals at Rio was really disappointed and used that to fuel her to get to a better position in here in Tokyo and we knew she was gunning for gold, but it, we just felt so deflated when she won silver. And I feel bad saying that because silver is a huge achievement. But hopefully she'll find the silver lining to this match.
1: This match reminded me very much of the Japan USA softball final Mm -hmm. where Aileen Rotterfacken just was better on that day. Yes. You know, it wasn't that Adeline Gray did anything wrong or wasn't as good as she could be. It was just the German was that tiny bit better. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing you can do. She didn't
0: fail. No, no, by no means. It was, it, it was, it was tough, but yeah, it was a, a, a another good bout. And man, Aileen Rotterfachen, she looked really strong and tough, 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 tough competitor. Bronzes on that one went to China's Zhao Chang and Turkey's Yasmin Adar. Okay. Shuklastan, watch for tomorrow. Got a little bit going.
1: So Alex Sancho begins Greco-Roman wrestling for the 67 kilo size. Deanna Price will have her finals for hammer throw. And Jacqueline Simino will be back with Claudia Holzner for the duet technical routine in artistic swimming.
0: Well, it's going to be exciting day tomorrow as well. We would like to take a minute to give a shout out to all of our Patreon patrons who support us with ongoing financial contributions, and they really help keep our flame alive. If you would like to give money on an ongoing basis, check out patreon.com slash flame pod. So as we say, sayonara, I'm getting excited, big day ahead. I need a nap and some tea
1: and I won't drink any of my sake in public.
0: <laughs> as always you can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com text or voicemail us at 208-352-6348 that's 208 flame it don't forget our kickstarter and help us reach our goal of bringing you on the ground coverage at beijing in 2022 that is kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame as we go out to music by mercury sunset thank you so much for listening and until tomorrow keep the flame alive